Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. We are live. What's up, everybody? So as you're tuning in from different platforms, today we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. So no matter where you're coming from, uh, look down below. Please say hi. Or if you've got a question along the way, please ask. We will get to those questions. Uh, my name is Kevin Daisy. I'll be your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital. We help law firms fill their case pipeline using digital marketing. And this is another live recording of the Managing Partners podcast. Today, I got a special guest from Alabama, Greg Vaughn. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. Yeah, no, great to have you. So I uh, always like to just jump right into it. I want to hear your story. Please share your journey, um, which I already kind of heard a little bit backstage, but um, how you decided to become an attorney. I grew up for the most part in central Florida in the Orlando area. I'm a Navy brat. My dad was in the Navy and um, ended up going to college in Alabama to play baseball um, at a small school up there and enjoyed that. Went back home after college, had an application into the University of Alabama School of Law, but was working for a family business. Enjoyed the work that I was doing in Orlando, but when I got accepted, mom told me that's where I was headed and I no longer had a job at the family business. So I ended up in Tuscaloosa, finished there and got my first job in the legal industry here in Mobile, working for an insurance defense and subrogation firm. So for those who are not familiar with subrogation, it's basically doing plaintiff work on behalf of the insurance company, attempting to recover benefits that they paid out on behalf of their insureds. So I had a good opportunity to learn both defense work and plaintiff work and represent plaintiffs that were financially well healed. So we were able to hire experts and work up the case without restrictions. So it was a good experience and did that for three and a half years. And I've got somewhat of an independent streak. So I decided that it was ready to start my, I was ready to start my own practice and maybe prematurely, but that's just what happened. <laughs> and I've been doing that now for 15 years there. We have three lawyers here at our law firm. I am the partner that does the most in the firm management arena. We don't have titles necessarily around here, so you won't yeah. see anywhere I'm listed as the managing partner. But if you would ask my partners who does most of that, they would say Greg does. So, and that's, I think that's the way it works at a lot of small firms. It's just, it kind of gravitates to one lawyer or another. They end up doing a good bit of it. I think particularly because no one else wants to. And um, so that's me. We handle, or I handle insurance claims for folks. Uh, it could be an automobile accident. It could be a homeowner's claim here on the Gulf Coast. We do have quite a bit of storm claims or, and they handle a few storm claims for folks. Also um, do mediation work for parties that are in litigation. I get appointed by the local court here in Mobile to do that. And also some garden ad litem work where the courts will appoint me to review settlements on behalf of minors or incompetents to ensure that the settlement is in their best interest. So that's a little bit about what, what I do and the journey. Okay. All right, excellent. And uh, mom said, boom, you're out of here and you're going to be a lawyer. So Yeah. And you yeah. know, I remind her that often and I tell her that I'm really actually grateful that she uh, was so adamant that I attend law school. And she's always been very, our, our parents have always had their children focus on education and further their education as much as they possibly could. And I'm very, very appreciative for that. And uh, I try to instill that in our 
my kids now. Excellent. Yeah. Well, so you kind of a couple of things you mentioned there. So one, we're going to call you managing partner since you're doing Great. all the work. Since you're doing all the work, we're going to update the, Thank the you. title. The title on the website. But um, <laughs> if I could get a pay raise, I'd appreciate that too. So hey, you know what? I can talk to a few folks. Okay. Um, good. <laughs> well, so another thing you mentioned too, and I I'd ask you this just because of where you're located, and I'm on the east coast of Virginia. Mm -hmm. We get storms come through here. Um, every once in a while, I had a bunch of damage last year. Uh, so far, so good this year. But in the kind of work that you do, I had asked you kind of like, hey, this last storm, I think it was Ida, uh, did that affect you? You said it wasn't uh, an effect on you there. Uh, but last year you had, I think it was Sally. Correct. Okay, yeah. So so yeah, as far as you know, the area of practices that you're in uh, and the storms, how does that affect your business you know, when a storm does come through? Sure. Um, I, usually we see a spike of calls in folks that are in need of some assistance. Now, not everybody needs to hire a lawyer after they suffer storm damage. Some are just looking for some general direction, if you will. But firms here in Mobile know that we do handle property claims for insureds. And surprisingly, there's not a lot of firms that do a good bit of it. I think there are some lawyers that may take on a few at a time, but I don't think there's many firms in this area where it's a large portion of their practice. Okay. So we benefit from that, from having a reputation of, of doing a good bit of that work. And so when a storm does come through the area, it usually takes a few months for the calls to start coming in. And um, most of the time they are referred in by other law firms. From time to time, we'll have folks that found us online see that we do handle storm claims and they'll give us a call and we've got a pretty good, I think, intake process. Nice. Our staff members understand the types of cases that we're interested in and also the types of documents that we need in order to evaluate whether or not it's a case that we can help somebody on. Um, so they will get that information on the front end and then circulate that to the lawyers. We take a look at it. If we're interested, we set up a client meeting and take it from there. Uh, excellent. That's that's great. So um, maybe we'll touch on that for a second. Is sure. Yeah, the importance of a good intake process, and I guess a team that understands that versus if you just you know you're getting started. Say you're uh, you know other attorneys listening that are going to start their own firm or they want to. Uh, really, you know, I've had some other uh, attorneys on recently that that really talked about um, case selection mm -hmm. and uh, some that were less interested in like phone just ringing off the hook, really, you know, spending the time and, and having case selection. And I've, I know some other uh, firms, even one local to me here that just plays big in like the lead generation game, which is really hurt their brand reputation and branding that they built over the years. But, and now they have to hire so many people to source through all the noise and calls that they generate where most of them are very low quality and are not even right the right fit for them. So mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like you guys have a really good system in place for that. Yeah. Well, I feel that we do now. I mean, it, it obviously took some time to refine. And um, I think that firms should pay more attention to the person that answers the phone in ensuring that that person has some working knowledge of how these matters are evaluated and how they're handled. Now, Obviously, my staff doesn't screen the cases that we take or we don't take, but they know the information to get in order for us to evaluate the case. And they can speak intelligently about those types of claims. So if you have someone who's been dealing with an adjuster for months and they're not getting anywhere, when they call our office, you're going to get somebody that you can talk to that can get the information they need. But as you're communicating with them, you're going to understand that they, they do understand the claim process because of the kind of information that they're asking. And they're pleasant too. 
And, and that's another thing <laughs> that, um, firms maybe should pay more attention to. I know we have. Isn't everyone in Alabama pleasant? Well, maybe so. I don't know. And Mobile's a nice place to live. I've enjoyed it. So I've, I've not run into too many unpleasant people. Now, we ensure that the staff members, that they treat the prospective clients with respect and, and they really do a great job. And it is a team effort around here. And so I'm so thankful that with the team that we do have, but I think it's it's really important to ensure that they're doing what they need to do on the front end to not only get the information, but nobody calls our office having a great day. Everybody's got a problem that needs to be solved and they're under a great deal of stress and they're so stressful it, it's at a point where they can't handle it anymore themselves. They've made that decision. They can no longer deal with it themselves. They're looking for help and they need to have somebody on the other end that's calm, that's empathetic, and that knows how to ask the right questions. And I feel pretty confident that we've got that. And that's why we're able to um, do well with what we're doing. Yeah. And we'll also, you know, it protects your all's time um, on the other sure. side. You know, if you had someone that just was sending you stuff and you're like, well, we don't have this, we don't have that. We don't. So, um, so yeah, it sounds like they, they accomplished a lot for you. Yeah, and that uh, used and, to happen. I mean, we used to, before we developed and refined that intake process, the calls would come almost straight through to the lawyers. And so you'd end up spending a good portion of your day screening cases that had you had a refined intake process and got the key documents that you know you need to look at on the front end. And if it's yeah. a case you don't want or you can't handle or you can't help them, then you relay that to the appropriate member of your team and they call them back and they say, look, he's not able to help you, but here's some resources that may be helpful, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. that eliminates you spending a lot of time giving free legal advice to folks that you're just really not able to get involved in their case for whatever reason. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, kudos for getting that figured out and having that system in place. I think that's a good takeaway for folks listening in that if you're just hiring whoever, make sure you got some training in place or a process or systems. I'm, I'm sure you can take someone that's just nice and can talk to people and mm -hmm. get them and get them to be uh, knowledgeable and train them and, and all that good stuff. So have something like that in place. Um, also, while we're just talking about Greg's website is below, you can check that out. I'm also going to put that in the comments so you can see more about their firm where they're located and what practice areas they help clients with. So go check that out. I'll put that in the comments. Um, Thank you. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time. 757-333-3021. Oh, yes, sir. Not a problem. So, so yes, I uh, kind of love what you're doing there and uh, that you guys have figured that out. And, uh, but I, I've seen, I've heard others, uh, that's a, that's a problem or they spend a lot of time or have a lot of people, um, especially one, the bigger firms that just advertise a lot or that, again, they, they push for calls. And they they have to have all this process in place to try to screen them more or less. So um, and then interesting too about the storms and and kind of how there's a delay. A few months go by, um, but that makes sense. You got, it sounds like you got some good referral partners. Other firms know who you are, right. so they're basically sending those right over to you. So that's great. Right. Now, I feel like with, with insurance claims, you don't you don't see them right off the bat because people are doing what they need to be doing. And that is initially contacting their own insurance company and determining whether or not they can work out a fair resolution on their own. Because yeah. when we get involved, I mean, we charge a contingent fee based on the recovery. So you're, you're going to have to pay a law firm, whether it's us or somebody else 
a portion of what you need to be using to fix your house. And so we get the calls usually when there's no other place for them to turn. And insurance yes, last resort. <laughs> exactly. Has has shortchanged them, or at least in their mind, shortchanged them so much that they've got to hire somebody that's going to charge a fee on that recovery. So that's why I think it takes a while for those to roll in um, to our firm and others. Okay. Um. So another angle, though, uh, you know, what what have you guys done uh, from as a firm to get your name out in the, the community um, to market yourselves, anything that you've done that's been, that's worked well or unique or, you know, that you can share with us. So I don't, I don't necessarily know that it's unique, but I think the fact that we've been here for the firm's been here for 15 years here in Mobile, been at the same building for 15 years in the same neighborhood for 15 years, a few blocks away from the courthouse. And so the local bar knows what we do. I think I like to think that we try hard and we put a good bit of effort into handling our cases. And I think that we we handle them appropriately and get our clients the results that they deserve in their cases. Um, and I think based on the fact that I get appointed by the local judges to mediate cases and so do my partners. And so there's obviously a level of trust with the local judiciary in our ability to help people find peace in their cases. And so I think a lot of those things combined and just consistency in being here have helped us build our practice. We're also involved in the local bar association, presenting on CLEs and things of that nature. And so that's been helpful as well in driving cases our way. Excellent. So do you serve just Mobile? Is there surrounding counties? Kind of how far out do you guys go? Do you kind of work with everyone in the state? So primarily in Mobile and the county to the east, Baldwin County, is where most of our cases um, are located. I'm also licensed in Florida, as is one of my partners, Ian Rosenthal. And so from time to time, we may get involved in a matter over in Florida, but that's usually just parents calling me for advice, right? They're in Florida. So, <laughs> um, but, um, but every now and then we'll get a case over that way. But for the most part, Mobile and Baldwin County. Okay, excellent. Awesome. Another question I was going to ask. I think it was regarding the uh, like the population there. Like, I, I'm not familiar with Mobile, but uh, what's the kind of, what's the population there in in Mobile? Mobile, I think, is between two and three hundred thousand, and okay. um, and then Baldwin County, the entire county, is probably about the same. So, here in South Alabama, it's a market of about I would say collectively about five hundred thousand people. Okay. So it's yeah. very, fairly large. Good market I mean, for, um, for, for Alabama standards. Okay, and so um, I wanted to see too, like, you know, down there, how's um, you know COVID impacted you, or changed anything that you know? Did you stay in the office? Did you uh, did the courts respond quickly? Are you doing things uh, virtually? Are you meeting with clients? You know, what have you guys seen with that? So we're fortunate in that we have a cloud-based practice management software through Thomson Reuters. It's called Firm Central. Okay. And- it has really well worked well for us. So we're able to operate remotely if we have to. And initially that's, we were doing some of that. And because of COVID over the past year, we've from time to time had to vacate the office and do a little more of that. With respect to my mediation practice, I have done a fair number of them via Zoom and have actually found it to be I don't want to say it's as effective as an in-person mediation, but it's not too far removed from that. 
So I think it's great technology. It's something that I really didn't, I didn't use video conferencing before COVID on any sort of regular basis, but now it's become more commonplace. So obviously I think most places, small, most small firms have had some impact because of COVID and some negative impact, but we've tried to uh, minimize that as much as possible with the practice management software that we have and zoom capabilities and things of that nature. I think that's pretty consistent for most small practices in the court system here, jury trials, have been suspended from time to time. We squeezed in a civil trial about four months ago, maybe six mm. months ago, and the judge told us that that was the first civil trial that he had tried since COVID. And then I wow. think shortly thereafter, they had to shut the courts back down. So, and that may have some impact on getting cases settled if the defendants know that trial is not imminent. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, th- it's been consistent across the board, I think, you know, and uh, I've seen, you know, some firms are completely virtual, some some never left the office ever and just put rules in place. And then, you know, and then some say, hey, they, they love that it's virtual, they're more efficient, they can do more <clears throat> and th- different types of law practices, of course, right. they can see more clients further away in, in the state, they can, they can get more meetings in a day and have more stuff. So and I have some that just say, hey, I can't get the job done over a video call like the outcomes are not as as good so i've kind of heard mixed reviews i think some love it and have embraced it and it's a you know they're moving away from commercial space and all that stuff Uh and then i you know some are on the other side of the fence thing and you know i I gotta be in trial i need to be sitting in front of people to really have success i like being in the office we've got a uh, two-year-old who doesn't understand work boundaries. So if I'm what? trying to work from home, uh, little Bubba is not, uh, he doesn't understand that and uh, he wants to hang out with dad. So that doesn't work too good for me. So I like being in the office and we yeah. have a small, small office or you know, three lawyers, two staff members. So it's not uh, overly crowded here. And yeah. so we, we probably spent as much time in the office as many firms in this area have. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm in the office today, uh, right now. <clears throat> I'm at home once a week, maybe. I was at home every day for about a year, almost. We, you know, we're pretty virtual anyway. But but no, we're in the office, just a handful of us. We have a 22 full time, eight in Florida, actually. Wow. Um, some in Texas, so we, we're kind of spread out in the U.S. Yeah, you know, we got the, our core group. When I started this firm, uh, is right here, and so we we still come to the office. But you know, virtual is the growth plan for us, of course. Um, just finding the best people, right. best talent, and for what we do, you know, it's uh, it, that makes sense. So, but I think COVID kind of opened our eyes. Like we already had some remote folks, but once COVID hit and we were hiring, still, it was like, okay, well, now we always tried to hire local if we could, and we were just limited by talent, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this worked out well for us. But anyway, I guess a little light that came out of the whole deal. You know, for some folks that this virtual stuff in Zoom mm-hmm. allows them to be more efficient in some cases. So, right. So, uh, Greg, last question for you, I guess, and I don't want to take up too much of your day, but you know, what's kind of the plans for the firm? What's the, any kind of growth plans that you guys have in the next couple of years? Well, you know, at our practice, we're kind of three practices within a practice. You know, I've got my practice areas that I focus on and the other lawyers here do as well somewhat different. And so I'll speak for myself with respect to the next three to five years, you know, try to continue to improve my skill set. really invest in my abilities. And we all can do that no matter your years of expertise or your years of of practicing law. Um, And I try to find continuing education programs that accomplish that. I try to use continuing education, not just as a means to get the 12 hours that you have to have, but 
make sure that the 12 hours are are targeted in, in what you're doing. And uh, if you don't mind me giving a plug to a kind of a side hustle that uh, a law school classmate and I started, but we started a, uh, a CLE company to focus in on motor vehicle accidents. It's called MVA Authority. And so our CLEs Excellent. focus on car accident claims and how to handle them. And we locate lawyers in the local community that understand how to handle these claims. And we pick topics that we personally want to learn more about and know about. And we feel like we're well suited to do that because we're in the arena. We're in the trenches handling these kind of cases on a regular basis. So we know what needs to be known. It's been helpful for me and my business partner, Martin Pointer, to engage in that endeavor because we've had a front row seat to listen to the best of the best here in the local market. But that doesn't stop me from actually looking forward towards attending CLEs and trial advocacy skills and things yeah. of that nature to try to improve my competency as a lawyer. So that's kind of my future plans is to continue to try to get better at what we're doing. And then also from a firm's perspective, continue to polish our systems. Um, there's a lawyer out of New York by the name of John Fisher, who's written a book called The Power of a System. And it's a great it, it's basically his playbook, his manual as to how he built his firm and the systems that he put in place to make his practice run more efficiently so that the members of his team understand their roles and responsibilities. And so as a firm, we're, we're I say as a firm, myself and the members of our staff are going through that book and we're identifying ways in which it applies to our practice and we're identifying forms that we can use in our practice to make in, in policies and procedures to make things run more efficiently. And I hate that it took me this long <laughs> to realize that systems are can make my life easier and the, and the lives of our team members easier as well because they understand their role and they understand where to go to get the information that they need to accomplish the tasks that they've been given, but better late than never. So I'd say over the next two to five years, continue to work on our skill set and then develop systems. And then, and, and I'll add this too, take care of our referral partners, people that send us cases, let them know that it's much appreciated. And also obviously uh, maximize the results so that the referral fee is reflective of the kind of work that we've done in the cases for them. Because if you particularly, you know, obviously you can't send um, referral fees to non-lawyers, but the lawyers that do refer us cases, they're obviously interested in a fair referral fee. And we try our best to um, ensure that that happens each and every time. So those are the things that, that I want to try to focus on over the next two to five years. And if you want to know about what my partners are going to do, I'll, I'll ask them and report back. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, yeah. No, I love that. And that, that makes a ton of sense. Just buckle down, learn more, reinvest, better systems. We're, man, we're constantly working on our systems and processes here. It's it's just every day we're like, we got it. And then tomorrow we're like, wait a minute, we can change this. Mm -hmm. So um, is this the book below? Okay, it so is. everyone, take a look at this. Um, you did, if you just search that right there, a power of a system, how to build an injury law practice of your dreams. I didn't know about this book, by the way. John Fisher, great, great, um, very, very generous lawyer with his time. Um, I think he'll send you a link to a free copy of the book. Oh, wow. I may, he may even send you the book. I can't remember exactly what how it works, but I found out about him from a podcast, another podcast, and a Facebook page called the Maximum Lawyer uh, Podcast. Okay. And they have a Facebook following as well. And in that community, if you will, is focused on building the best practice to suit your needs. And so I think that lawyers are doing themselves a disservice if they don't try to become a student of this industry and learn as much as you can about 
building your law practice and it covers it runs the gamut from marketing online marketing digital marketing things of that nature um social media you know what smaller firms are doing to compete in industry in this industry where you have people that have a lot of <laughs> <Deep> resources <laughs> exactly and so you have to be up to speed on what others are doing and i've found that that community and people like John Fisher have been very, very generous with their time and their advice. And so you can learn a lot and it's better to learn through others. Um, I think than take as long as it took us or make a bunch of mistakes and then learn through the mistakes. Um, I hear you. So I would encourage listeners to try to become a student of this industry, devote some aspect of your time to trying to run a better operation and it will pay dividends down the road. I love it 100%. I'm in the same boat as you. You know, it took us a while to get where we're at. And now where we're, where we're at, it's like, oh, wow. It's like, you know, I wish I knew. But, you know, get mentors, ask for help. Talk to other people that are doing what you're doing. Um, Absolutely. You know, and people will help you. And, and I think the other thing you said, too, is, um, you know, building a firm that fits you. Not right. everyone wants to be a 100 attorney firm. So it's really, and, and some do. So it's really, you know, how do you build that firm that's going to fit what you want and right and still be able to serve your clients well and put out a good service so correct well yeah great tip i appreciate that um and so everyone check out that you can search the book again it's down below here and um great tip uh, you know and that's you know here what we try to do on this podcast is have people like yourself i'm not an attorney and i can tell you how to market a law firm because mm -hmm. that's what we do but you know we bring people on like you and others that share tips and hopefully people can tune in to these podcasts and get something and when i pick up a book or listen to an audio book i'm just trying to get one thing that i can apply to right. my business that can help it and um and that's what I'm always trying to do. Hey, if I read this book, I don't care if it costs 50 bucks, I can get a million dollar tip out of this. So what out of this book can I take out, take home and uh, talk to my business partner and our, our people here and say, all right, I learned this. Let's do this. This is going to help us. So, right, right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, think, I think what John Fisher and others are trying to do, obviously, is help lawyers build their practices and also set themselves apart as an authority in their field. And it's, it's a concept that's, I don't know how new it is, but it's called authority-based marketing. And okay. so after like it. listening to a lot of that, you know, I started getting some books on authority-based marketing. And, um, and so that's just another avenue that you can use to build your practice. You're becoming an authority in your subject matter, whether it's handling car wreck claims or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, people recognize you as such and it drives you know, traffic to your firm. Now on your side with, with digital marketing, how do you, how do you, how do you communicate to the world that you are accomplishing these things? Um, those are things I, d I don't know about, right? So how do you use social media to, to send the message that you are one of the local authorities in this practice area? I think that's, that's something that could be very helpful to law practices. No, a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, the direction that we kind of take uh, as a company mm -hmm. is that we're we're going to go in, we're going to go all in. And um, case in point, this podcast, um, when we decided to niche in law, which wasn't forever ago, it was not too long ago, mm -hmm. um, we had to say, hey, we're niching in law and we're not just going to like tiptoe in and hopefully one day we'll be experts. And it's like, no, you go in all in 
and you got to claim it and you got to go for it. And then you got to, and, and things like this podcast helps us kind of get there. Hey, we're the authority. We're talking to the best, you know, attorneys and managed partners in the, in the country. And we're learning from you hand, you know, firsthand, uh, which helps us help our clients. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that. Own it, own your, your market. And then everything else will kind of work because once you have that mindset, you're going to start to act and show that and out, you know, then you just figure out a marketing strategy that'll help you get it out there, but definitely can help our clients with that. So, all right, well, Greg, I appreciate it. A lot of good tips there. Everyone, if you're watching, listening, you might want to re-listen to this one. A lot of good tips from, from Greg on what he's doing, uh, his intake process, uh, systems, uh, check out that book for sure. Check out his website. And is there a better way people can connect with you other than through, uh, your website address below, Greg? Uh, just, I guess, go to the website. You'll get the phone number and you will experience the intake process. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to test it out later just to see. <laughs> well, I, I be prepared now. because I I've won't got, have any of my stuff. I'm <laughs> I've got some neighbors that uh, have told me that they called for me and they said, oh, I'm, I'm just one of Greg's neighbors down the road. We live out in the country and I, I couldn't get through to you. They wouldn't let me through. And I said, look, it's not personal. They're just doing what we've trained them to do. And that is find out who's calling, get all the information and get it to us. And then we'll get back to them. So, so That's yeah, go ahead and check us out online and, and uh, call us and, um, you know, mention the podcast and I will call you back. And uh, Kevin, I, I thank you for having me on and I enjoy uh, learning more about, you know, what y'all do and, and what you do to help law firms has, has been um, valuable. No, I appreciate it. I love, uh, you know, thanks for sharing uh, everything you have today. Uh, just stay on with me for a few seconds. We'll, sure. once we, we stop the recording here, uh, sure. we'll chat for a second. But um, Greg, thanks so much. Everyone, uh, Greg's episode will be up on our YouTube channel, on our website this week, uh, once we get that uh, put up there. But you can go to raylaw.com forward slash podcast. It'll be featured towards the top. Uh, we do it in order. But you can also sort by state and by practice area. We've had over 120 managing partners just this year. Uh, on the podcast. So we've been quite busy, but mm -hmm. um, you know, Greg will be at the top. If it's in a few weeks from now, you see this, just search Alabama. You should see him pop up. Roll so tide. Check that out. Roll Tide. And uh, if you need help getting your message out there, become an authority in your area or just, you know, whatever your angle is, that's what we help you with. So everything from websites, social media, SEO, and advertising. We only work with law firms. So check us out at ArrayLaw.com. And Greg, stay on. Everyone else, have a great Wednesday and we will see you soon. Yeah.